Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And as I'm sure is no surprise to you, we are again talking about something like antitrust regulation of big technology companies like, as you can see on your screen, Google. The reason I don't say that it's quite antitrust regulation is because the Ohio Attorney General, who filed a lawsuit yesterday in the Common Pleas Court of Delaware County, Ohio, doesn't want it to be seen as antitrust regulation because that's a higher hurdle to vault than he is prepared to do. Instead, he takes another tact, which you can see in your thumbnail I described as Ohio suing itself. Now, you can also see on your screen that Ohio is suing Google. So you may say, Rick, why did you say they're suing themselves? And the reason for that is because they aren't asking necessarily for something to be found that Google has done badly as of yet. They are instead asking the Ohio courts to make a determination that Google is a public utility or common carrier that is subject to regulation under Ohio law, and then also to ask the court to enjoin Google from doing certain things under that title. But the attorney general has a problem, and that's that the Ohio legislature has passed laws defining what a public utility is, vesting power in a specific commission to regulate exclusive power, those public utilities. Common carrier isn't really a defined term under Ohio law as best I could find it. And so what you've got here is an attorney general trying to go around the horn of his state legislature using his executive authority and asking the judicial branch to change something about the power that Ohio has without having the legislature or the commission vested with power by the legislature make that determination itself. Before we get into the specifics here, I don't think it's a very good argument, but I think it's worthy of discussion because of the environment that we find ourselves in with these big technology companies, including a dissent that was put forth by Justice Thomas that is referenced in this lawsuit that we will talk about because it's important. Now, before we begin, I do also have to apologize for whatever reason, my highlighter function isn't working today. Uh, so you're going to have to bear with me as we read through perhaps a little bit more language than we're used to reading here. Introduction. The vast majority of Ohioans use the internet. Good intro. And nearly all of those who do use Google search. Google is so ubiquitous that its name has become a verb. A person does not have to sign a contract, buy a specific device, or pay a fee to use good search. Good search. I think you mean Google search. But I digress. Who doesn't forgive a typo in the first paragraph of the introduction? Google provides its search services indiscriminately to the public. Now, that's an important concept because the attorney general is going to be arguing that a common carrier here of effectively information is one that services the public indiscriminately, that puts itself out for business and should be regulated as a public good because of that indiscriminate public service. To use Google search, all you have to do is type, click, and wait. Primarily, users seek organic search results, which per Google's website is a free listing in Google search that appears because it's relevant to someone's search terms. In lieu of charging a fee, Google collects user data, which it monetizes in various ways, primarily via selling targeted advertisements. And I think that's a pretty good summary of how Google and technology companies generally work. They provide their service for free and you're giving them certain amounts of data that they can sell to advertisers or slice up and give to other parties, whatever it might be. They then say Google is fairly dominant. Nearly 90% of all internet searches are conducted through Google. And there are high barriers to entry for Google's search competitors. 
Unlike traditional markets where competitors can introduce equivalent but cheaper alternatives, consumers in the marketplace at issue here never pay a monetary fee. Thus, the nearly exclusive avenue for competitive entry is creating a better search result. Maybe, right? But even that's kind of a philosophical debate kind of point, right? We acknowledge that Google takes its data, does certain things, provides advertisement. The more advertisement it provides that isn't necessarily what we were looking for makes its service a negative pursuit. And so that's its own kind of fee. And also, if you had a search function that promised not to use data in specific ways that maybe the populace didn't like, then it could compete on that function, on saying that the cost is lower. It's just not a monetary cost. So I think that the attorney general is well-meaning here and probably right overall that people don't respond to those things. We've seen them give away their data for all sorts of reasons, but it's not exactly accurate to suggest that you don't have competition outside of just quality of services because you are paying something and whatever you're paying could be reduced or made better on the consumer side of things. Nevertheless, Google is a dominant market force. He says they're only going to get more dominant because this virtuous cycle of collecting data from searches is going to make them better and better. And that's all true. And then you get to the last sentence. It's extremely unlikely that Google search will be displaced as the dominant provider of internet search in the foreseeable future. And to that, I say maybe. The history of technology is really a history of people, regulators, government officials, individuals like myself, not being able to anticipate what the next big thing is. If there were some massive artificial intelligence boosted search algorithm from some no-name garage-born company in Wyoming, it wouldn't really surprise me if it immediately took the internet by storm. And yet the government and these kinds of positions, lawsuits like this, don't really anticipate that because it's important that we think of things statically. It's one of the problems with Epic versus Apple or Microsoft versus the U.S. Department of Justice or anything else. And yet, They have the tools that they have, and I don't really blame them for seeking to use them. This suit does not seek redress for Google's dominance of internet search, okay? This suit does not argue that Google's dominance of internet search is good or bad when viewed in isolation. I would argue that it actually does. Comes down pretty hard on the bad side. Those issues are left to be resolved elsewhere. This case accepts Google's dominance of internet search as a fact, be it good or bad. Accepting this fact, the first claim is narrowly focused on establishing that Google's provision of internet search is properly classified as a common carrier and or public utility under Ohio common law. Now we need to back up a step here because this is important. Ohio common law is not what we usually think of as positive statutory law. Common law is, to cut a whole semester of law school short, the notion that judges or justices look at situations, make determinations, and create rubrics effectively out of thin air that provides a background for how other courts are to deal with similar situations. It's where we get the notion of stare decisis, that old cases should govern new cases to some extent. But the United States legal system is not reliant on common law, as we've talked about in virtual legality at length. A lot of law, in fact, the bulk of it, is now sourced in statutes, in statutory code. So you don't rely on a court to come up with some kind of new philosophy for determining something. You instead look to statutes that cover the ground that's at issue here. And as I said at the top of this video, one of the issues that the Ohio Attorney General has with respect to this case is that the Ohio legislature has deigned to talk about what a public utility is and quasi-talk about what a common carrier is. So the attorney general is trying to steal a base here. 
He knows there's a law on the books that says, basically, this is not the kind of thing that is intended to be regulated as a public utility right now under the law as written before it's been modified by the legislature. Instead, he's saying, court, look, we had common law. We knew what public utilities were and common carriers were before that law. That law doesn't matter. Find that common carrier or public utility exists in how Google operates and how Google operates Google search as a specific feature that is at issue in this lawsuit. It is not my favorite argument, and yet he tries to bring it by suggesting that Google is so dominant and people are so reliant upon it that it needs to be ruled this way in order to protect folks from the way Google operates. And then he relies on the dissent that I promised you he would rely upon. Justice Thomas recently stated, there is a fair argument that some digital platforms are sufficiently akin to common carriers or places of accommodation to be regulated. Justice Thomas went on to explain the analogy to common carriers is even clearer for digital platforms that have dominant market share. Google search at 90% of the market share is valuable relative to other search engines because more people use it, creating data that Google's algorithm uses to refine and improve search results. And indeed, Justice Thomas said that at great length. We can go and we can see the whole thing in his dissent here. But what he also said, and I will of course link this in the description of the video, is as follows. The similarities between some digital platforms and common carriers of, or places of public accommodation may give legislators strong arguments for similarly regulating digital platforms. Everything that Justice Thomas presumes here is that we'd go through the normal process of creating law in the United States, that legislatures should look at this question, including at the federal level, to determine whether the Facebooks and Twitters and Twitches and YouTubes and Googles of the world should be classified as something other than what they are classified as now. He isn't here arguing for a judicial declaration that goes opposite Ohio law to arrive at that conclusion, which is what the attorney general is fighting against and what the attorney general doesn't quote in this paragraph about Justice Thomas. He then goes on a weird sojourn, says Google's fellow dominant technology companies agree with Justice Thomas. Uh, I'm not so sure about that. Mark Zuckerberg, CEO of Facebook, stated in a March 30th, 2019 Washington Post editorial. Now, already we've got an agreement in 2019 for a dissent that happened much more recently than that. So not really an agreement, maybe a similarly posed stance. But what did Mr. Zuckerberg say? Technology is a major part of our lives and companies such as Facebook have immense responsibilities. I believe we need a more active role for governments and regulators. By updating the rules for the internet, we can preserve what's best about it, the freedom for people to express themselves and for entrepreneurs to build new things while also protecting society from broader harms. Zuckerberg also recognized that entities such as Google can take actions that squelch innovation and entrepreneurs and who would know better about that than Facebook. And yet, government officials and regulators and judicial bodies like the one that is being discussed as part of this complaint all have an obligation to try not to let these companies just do what I might consider phrasing as regulatory capture. Facebook is enormous. Facebook can weather $20 million of compliance costs. Mark Zuckerberg knows it can and has for the past couple of years gone to Congress, like as in this Washington Post editorial, and suggested that there needs to be regulations as long as Facebook has a seat at the table. Facebook wants to be responsible for helping to author those regulations, and who can blame them? All aboard the fiduciary duty train. Mark Zuckerberg wants to control who can compete with him. That's all well and good. 
but it's not a terribly useful argument for establishing that Google is doing something with Google search that demands that a court go around the Ohio legislature and declare that it's a common carrier or public utility when the legislature has not yet determined that it is. Ohio, says the attorney general, has an interest in ensuring that Google, its users, and the entities whose information Google carries are aware that Google search is a common carrier under Ohio law. He's trying to make the case here that it's useful for the court to make this determination. He's bringing this claim under section 2721.02 of the Ohio statutes that says courts of record may declare rights, status, and other legal relations, whether or not further relief is or could be claimed. That it's still useful, regardless of what happens with his proposed injunctions and everything else, for the court to have on file a declaration that under Ohio common law, Google search and Google that carries Google search is a common carrier and a public utility for these purposes. And once it makes that determination, well, then the Public Utilities Commission can do all sorts of things to it, presumably. So the theory goes. To partially remedy the harm caused by Google's self-preferencing, in its second count, Ohio is entitled to declaratory relief that as a common carrier and public utility, Google cannot self-preference on its results page. So it wants the determination that it's a public utility, and then it wants the court to enjoin certain of Google's behavior based on that determination. And again, the attorney general, even if it asks and wins this case for it being a public utility and or a common carrier, doesn't have that unilateral authority to request that regulation. Really, neither does the judiciary. We'll take a look at those laws in Ohio in just a second. Then we get to the factual allegations. Google's mission statement is to organize the world's information, make it universally accessible. Google has a ton of products. YouTube, which you're watching on now, probably, or listening to it as a podcast. YouTube Music, Chromecast, Google Play Movies and TV, Nest Labs, Google Cloud, AdSense, Google Ads, etc., etc. For purposes of this complaint, Google Search is the general internet search engine, which is traditionally accessed via the search box on www.google.com. Google has a whole lot of market share, and this is what you should do about it, courts. A real and justiciable controversy exists between the state of Ohio and Google, which Google probably didn't know about until yesterday, concerning whether Google's operation of Google search is a common carrier and or public utility and the duties Google owes as a common carrier and or public utility to the state of Ohio, all of its component parts and its citizens, journalists, and businesses. Unclear why journalists gets an extra statement there. I think they're citizens. Who knows? The Public Utilities Commission of Ohio does not exercise and has not exercised jurisdiction over Google or Google search. Under Ohio law, regulation by the PUCO, the Public Utilities Commission of Ohio, is not necessarily required for an entity to be considered a common carrier or a public utility. Now, this is what we were talking about with respect to common law. The attorney general knows there's a statute on the books that talks about public utilities, their determination, exclusive jurisdiction, and whatnot. We're going to look at those in just a second. He then advocates to the court that just because the Public Utilities Commission doesn't find somebody to be a common carrier or a public utility, doesn't regulate them as such, that under Ohio law, with no other reference, no footnotes, nothing that the court can grab onto here, you aren't required to treat PUCO's lack of authority over this as determinative of what you think as a court of law. And this, this is such a strong claim that I would expect it to have some kind of backing in the law. I would expect clerks to go and research where you can find this, grab some cases for the court to hang on to here. Certainly if this goes further than just a complaint, that's the kind of thing that would happen. And yet I look at that and say, oh, really? Well, I know you're 
asking for treatment under common law, and, and maybe you can get it this way, but let's take a look at the law because that's the kind of person I am. I get interested in these kinds of things. So if we look at section 4905.04, we see the Public Utilities Commission is hereby vested by the legislature of Ohio and through the legislature by the people of Ohio with the power and jurisdiction to supervise and regulate public utilities and railroads to require all public utilities to furnish their products and render all services exacted by the commission or by law and to promulgate and enforce all orders relating to the protection, welfare, and safety of railroad employees and the traveling public. That's what we refer to when we think of common carriers generally. It's moving people around. They are vested with the power by the legislature. The court isn't vested with that power. And in fact, this assumes that the statutes, the legislature of Ohio, have taken up this kind of common law notion of what a common carrier is, what a public utility is, and said, we are going to define this so that the people's power through the legislature is better understood by both the people that are operating companies in Ohio and the courts. They're going to interpret what those relationships are. Section 4905.05, the jurisdiction, supervision, powers, and duties of the Public Utilities Commission extend to every public utility and railroad. Their powers are exclusive. They are the ones that control what a public utility and railroad can do in the state of Ohio. Now, you might see at the bottom here that their grants of jurisdiction do not apply to public utilities that are accepted from the definition of quote-unquote public utility under these divisions. A1 to 3 of this section. Now, you see that section reference. You see it highlighted. You know we're going to check it out. And if we go and we look at what the actual commission doesn't extend to, it's electric light company that's operating not-for-profit, a public utility other than a telephone company that is owned and operated exclusively by and solely for the utility's customers, really talking about delivery of natural gas and things along those lines, and a public utility that is owned or operated by any municipal corporation. These things are accepted from the definition of public utility in Ohio, and the commission doesn't have their powers extend to cover those things, but it does extend by proxy to everything else that is otherwise accepted from this definition. Now, if we go and we look at this, Ohio wrote their statute a little bit backwards. You can see here in .02, here's how they define public utility. As used in this chapter, public utility includes every corporation, etc., defined in section .03, including any public utility that operates its utility not-for-profit, except the following. And that's where we get these three red clauses. But we need to go back or go forward to .03 to find out what's defined by exception in .02. Legislatures never change. So what is a public utility as defined in .03? Well, it's a telephone company, a for-hire motor carrier when engaged in the business of transporting persons or property, an electronic or electric light company, a gas company, a natural gas company, a pipeline company, a waterworks company, a heating or cooling company, a messenger company, it's close-ish to something like the internet, right? When engaged in the business of supplying messengers, uh-oh, probably not, a street railway company, a suburban railroad company, an interurban, interurban railroad company, a sewage disposal system company, etc. These are the notions of what a public utility and a common carrier are in this section of the Ohio statutes. And common carriers here would be motor carriers, transporting persons, or property. They term common carrier isn't actually separately defined or used in the statute, as best I could tell, with one exception, which we will also get to at the end here. But if you say to yourself, well, that didn't sound like the internet, but maybe the internet could be a kind of analog to those kinds of things. 
Well, that's when you get back to the .02 section and you find out that what's accepted from the definition expressly, the legislature does not want these things counted as public utilities, are, among other things, advanced services as defined in the federal rules, broadband service, however defined or classified by federal communications, and information service as defined in the Telecommunications Act of 1996. These are things that are not public utilities expressly in the Ohio statute. So we go, we look at those definitions. We find advanced services is high-speed switched broadband wireless telecommunications capability. Generally speaking, that's your actual ISP, your internet provider. We also see that information services is a service that is the offering of a capability for generating, acquiring, storing, transforming, processing, retrieving, utilizing, or making available information via telecommunications. We go and we look at telecommunications. That means transmission between or among points specified by the user of information of the user's choosing. So information service sounds very much like Google and Google search. But hey, just so we make sure that we cover everything, it does not include any use of any such capability for the management, control, or operation of a telecommunications system which is an offering of telecommunications for a fee directly to the public or to such classes or users as to be effectively available directly to the public regardless of the facilities used. That's actually telecommunications service because telecommunications system is not separately defined. But it means that information service is moving the information between customers but does not necessarily extend to the management of telecommunications, which is arguably covered under the notion of advanced services, which brings us all the way back to here where we say, okay, Broadly speaking, this says you are the sole powers of public utilities and you won't treat anything like a public utility that is like an ISP, a broadband service, or an information platform. And when you get to that level, what you've got is a legislature that appears to have opined on what they want a public utility to be under Ohio law as it was written and made effective. Now, does that mean the legislature couldn't change this? Absolutely not. You go through the legislative process in Ohio, you change these things, you say, hey, we want Google search to be covered by this kind of provision. Absolutely. Bob's your uncle. Now, Google search is covered as a public utility. The Public Utility Commission can do these kinds of things. And you move forward from there. Justice Thomas gets his legislative approval that he asked for in his dissent, and you can move on. Instead, the Ohio Attorney General has said, well, we know that statute's out there, but regulation by the PUCO is not necessarily required for an entity to be considered a common carrier or a public utility. After all, those phrases were originally common law concepts. The Attorney General isn't wrong there, but we have an assumption in the law in most jurisdictions. I can't speak to Ohio specifically, which is why I would have liked precedent materials put forth in this complaint, but we have an understanding in the law that when a legislature takes a common law concept, writes a statute about it, then they can change certain concepts about what that common law concept was. And that's the law of the land. The legislature being the highest power other than the constitution and the court can come in and say something is unconstitutional, but they don't generally come in and say, well, the legislature did talk about this already, did specifically exclude things like broadband services, advanced services, information platforms from application under these laws. But you're right. We used to have that power. So we'll exert it now. The characteristic of a public utility often includes the provision of a product or service to the public generally and indiscriminately. An entity may be characterized as a public utility if the nature of its operation is a matter of public concern. And if membership is indiscriminately and reasonably made available to the general public, a corporation's services subjects those services to public utility or common carrier status when it serves a substantial part of the public in a way that makes its methods of operations matters of public concern 
welfare and interest. And you also have to ask yourself if you're the Ohio attorney general and you win on this kind of argument that ignore the statute, the court can itself determine what's a public utility and then can grant me injunctions that I asked for that once you are a public utility really should have to go through the public utilities commission by letter of the law, then who doesn't this apply to? A corporation services subjects those services to public utility or common carrier status when it serves a substantial part of the public in a way that makes its methods of operations a matter of public concern. What does that mean? This is one of the reasons why common law has shifted to statutory law in the United States is we like definitional certainty here. And I can't tell you when a company that's just out there performing services for somebody becomes a substantial part of the public in methods of operations of public concern. Isn't that anybody? And so that's one of the reasons statutes exist. And I would be surprised if the court bid on this without saying, hey, go talk to the legislature. This document in its entirety feels a little bit like a political statement more than a legal one, because you would put the precedent there. You would make these arguments a little bit more strongly. And then the second cause of action assumes that you win on the first. If you win on the first and it's a common carrier or a public utility, they then ask the court to effectively enjoin Google from doing a number of things with the way that it provides its Google search results. Or as paragraph 71 says, Google is duty bound as a common carrier, again, assuming the win, not to structure Google search results in a manner that unfairly discriminates against providers of products, services, and information with whom Google's non-search components compete. And if that sounds to you of an antitrust complaint, then congratulations, you probably watched Epic versus Apple here in virtual legality. But it's exactly that kind of complaint. And it's one of the weaknesses in Epic's case is this kind of obligation to perform services, to give deals, to benefit rivals. That there's some notion in some walks of the United States at Epic, in certain respects, in the actual federal Congress, that there's a notion that competitors need to help their competition instead of the act of competition itself. And where that battle winds up finishing is going to determine a lot of antitrust jurisprudence in the near to midterm. And so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But you can see here in the argument that the Attorney General of Ohio brings that it is the same kind of concept that Epic brought, that you have a duty to deal with rivals, that you benefiting yourself and your own platform despite buying those companies and developing those services don't have a right to advantage them. And you might be right. You're probably not right in the sense that this is a common carrier public utility concept. It's much closer to an antitrust one. And by presupposing that you're going to win on the common carrier complaint, the interesting part about all of that is that the Public Utilities Commission, regardless of how you feel about whether or not they can declare something a public utility, is vested with all power to supervise and regulate these things. So the best I can see the Ohio Attorney General doing, and I think this is remote, is the court saying, fine, they're a public utility. No, we're not going to enjoin anything. Go talk to your commission. That's the one that's been vested with the authority to do these things under the legislative statute. So it's a possibility that could happen. I don't see them getting this straight injunction. And yet, I doubt it. I severely do. Now, common carrier, I promised you, wasn't really referenced very much in the statutes in Ohio, as far as I could tell. The one reference that you really do see is in the following. The public utilities commissioners and the attorney secretary, other officers and employees of the public utilities commission may, when in the performance of their official duties, pass free of charge on all railroads, cars, vessels, and other vehicles of every common carrier, which implies strongly that the phrase common carrier in this statute is designed to mean what we traditionally think of as common carriers, things that move freight and people in actual geographic space. 
It doesn't necessarily require that, but it, it strongly implies it, and it's certainly treated the same as covered in this statute. So what you're left with is an attorney general in Ohio that knows that the legislature of Ohio could change the statute at any time that they wanted and make it so that Google was covered by this, is unsatisfied, presumably, with the speed or desire of the Ohio legislature to do so, and has decided to take up arms himself by effectively suing his own state because the Public Utilities Commission isn't doing anything, the legislature isn't doing anything, and so he's turned his ire to the third branch, the judicial branch, to get some people moving and to give him the powers that he wants to control Google and Google search. You don't have to like Google or Google search to disagree with this kind of approach. I, I think there are all sorts of complaints you can bring against Google and Facebook and Twitter and Twitch and all of these big tech companies. I really, really do. This is the wrong way to go about it. And in my opinion, it's almost a sure loser. Now, how do you feel about it? What do you think is going to happen with a case like this? Do you like seeing attorney generals and various other people, regulatory bodies or elsewise around the country and around the globe, just throwing everything that they can at these companies because you hate them so much? Or are you a little bit more like me and want to see them go through the right process and procedure to really represent the power of the citizenry, the individuals that are ostensibly the heart of the power in these various governments use those things to have the legislature actually have to pass a law, debate these kinds of things, and not just have a court somewhere decide that public utility law now applies to a company where it never did before. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoy talking about business and law of technology, video games, pop culture, whatever it might be, please consider supporting the channel. We've got a Patreon, Streamlabs, a store to buy things, or just subscribe and tell your friends we're here, upvote, comment on the videos, do everything to help YouTube know that we're having these conversations and hopefully we can keep having them. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.